Hello, everybody, and welcome to Friday Lives, our weekly chat with content creators about everything live streaming. I'm so excited to see you all here. Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Anya, here with Restream Team in Austin, Texas. If you are new to this show, it is actually powered by Restream Studio. This is how we run our live streams. And if you are looking to start your own live series with live video on all social channels at the same time, please check us out here at restream.io slash studio to learn more and to deep dive into how we do this. Uh, today, we have a very special guest and very interesting conversation. Uh, I'm sure a lot of that, a lot of companies all over the world are looking to leverage live streaming and thinking about how to get started with this, but don't know, not know exactly how and are not sure that they have all the capacities, all the skills, all the gear and whatnot to begin. So this is where the role of remote producer comes in very handy. And what we are going to learn today is exactly how you can become a remote producer, what challenges are there for those people who are in that business and in that role, and just a little bit of a tips and tricks and life hacks uh, from people who do that professionally uh, for, for multiple years right now. Without further notice, my guest is Kimberly Flowers. She is the CEO of Remote Life Producer. She is a live show producer and host, social media influencer, and motivational speaker. Hello, Kimberly, and welcome to the show. What's going on? So glad to be here. Thanks so much for uh, the opportunity. Appreciate it. Absolutely. I'm so excited to see you and I'm sure that yeah, this is going to be this is going to be a lovely show. I'm super excited to see all the all the people who are coming in today. So it's a very specific conversation. Today we are talking about how to be a remote producer. And we're going to there's a lot to unpack, so we're going to start um straight with it and and just a minute. In the meantime, for people who are joining us in chat, I would love for you to share a little bit about um, where you stand in this conversation. Do you produce live shows for yourself or you work on producing shows for your clients? Maybe you're somewhere in between. Maybe you're producing shows for your company. Uh, let us know, please uh, share your story. We'll be very excited to see how you guys are working, working those things out. And if you have any questions for Kimberly about everything we're going to be discussing or maybe something specific that you would like to know, please do not hesitate to ask. We will be taking questions from chat as they come. So we want to make, make it very interactive. We want to make you part of this conversation. So please don't hold back and, and let us know what you're thinking. Good morning from Trudeau. I love that. Hi, that's awesome. Just seeing the first chat messages out here. That's great. Yeah, feel free to let us know where you're from uh, or where you're watching us. That's always interesting because yes. you can get a grasp of what kind of um, audience we have, like how international yeah. it is. So that's always exciting. So I guess we're going to start with your story, Kimberly. How long have you been working as um, at the Remote Producer Life Project? Uh, when did it start? How did you come up with the idea? Yeah, so it started, I went to school for broadcast production. And from there, I actually went, came out of school and ended up doing like website design. Uh, and then I ended up doing photography and back to my love of broadcast. It kind of came full circle because I was really focused on how to help clients visually brand themselves, really show up as an accurate reflection of the brand that they represent. And so it came under this whole umbrella of visual branding. That's where Kimberly Flowers, a visual branding expert, uh, now broadcastpreneur came from because I realized that I was able to put all of these visual elements that help people really get um, curious and really get attract uh, more of the kinds of people that they want to by showing up in a way that is true to the value of the brand that they represent. So that's how visual branding was born. From there, uh, we started focusing in on teaching people live stream and teaching them how to go live in a way that 
was visually stunning and attractive to the kinds of people that they wanted to do business with. And from that point, as we were doing the teaching, we did a, an online course called Video Like a Boss. And that course was dedicated to teaching people how they can start to create something that really uh, looks stunning and captures the attention of their audience in deeper and more meaningful ways. And from there, we were, there was a lot of questions about, Hey, I love they're learning the process, but in digging in the process, they were realizing like, Hey, some of this stuff, I'm not really trying to master a whole different technology. I really would love for you to be able to do this for us. What would that look like? So after getting the question several times, I was really hesitant because obviously when it comes to live stream, there's just so many little nuances, uh, that can go wrong because things are live when things are live you're do a live show, you know, exactly like everything that can go wrong sometimes oh, yeah. will go wrong. So if you don't understand how to troubleshoot those things and how to really, if you're not really tech savvy yourself and you're just an entrepreneur and you're just somebody who has this great idea, you have this great mission, this great message, and you really want to get it out there, but you're really not trying to master a whole new technology, you're going to need someone to help you out. And so we finally took the dive and decided, Hey, we're going to do this for the client. This is what the client is consistently asking us for. Let's take it for a test run. And so that's how Remote Producer uh, Live was founded. We've actually been doing this. People think we started because we're a lot more people have found us since COVID, but we actually been doing it for the last five years. And so we've obviously boosted uh, since COVID because everybody's trying to, they're realizing that they really have to figure out what customer acquisition looks like in this kind of climate. So it's been extremely useful to a lot of our clients in helping them to continue doing business from home. Yeah. Yeah. That's great stuff. I definitely have a question for you about COVID and how that affected your trajectory, yeah. because um, that's definitely true for us as well. For Restream, a lot of things changed when COVID-19 happened and mm -hmm. for a lot of people in digital and virtual world. But before that, I see there are a couple of questions coming in. I see Michael here from Facebook is saying um, they are doing a twist twist black tv presents right like it's just spelled in, in a funny way a little bit then they go live every wednesday that's awesome guys that's yes. really good to hear and they are in boston massachusetts and there is a question for us already when things go wrong how do you prevent things from going wrong paying you to do something like you have to know your troubleshooting and so one of the things that we have put in place is what is called we have two sides of this very same piece that I'm about to share with you, but it's called the producer's checklist. And that checklist helps us to, and like, because when we were just starting, I'm going to be very transparent with you. We had challenges, you know what I mean? Because yeah. we were running into this and this, but as you, every problem that you go through, you now have a solution for, we literally have a digital based checklist where we are like, Hey, if this is going wrong, you need to check this and this, you know what I mean? So that we were able to share with our other remote producers. This is how, so when they, if they run into the same issue, they have a quick troubleshoot as opposed to, so we, we know a lot about live stream and then a lot about how to troubleshoot because we ran into the problems uh, along the way. So just doing our own company live streams, but we started doing our own live streams before we started doing customers live streams. So that kind of gave us a leg up to where the client didn't have to pay for our, in the process of doing it, but we were smart enough to be able to make a list to be able to say, okay, when this went wrong, what happened when there, well, how did that actually like, how did we fix that? Yeah. I think this is amazing because to add on to this, um, 
I think the idea of preventing things from going wrong when you are operating in live video environment. Yeah. Uh, my personal advice for that is forget about it. Just let it go. Let yeah. it go. It's not going to happen. You're not going to yeah. prevent everything from happening, yeah. from technology breaking, from uh, power outages that will kill your internet, to the yeah. dogs running behind you if you're doing anything. To the home. guests having power outages and internet issues, right? Like exactly. Especially about remote producing, it just there's it comes with its own set of challenges but it also comes with its own unique set of benefits and you know advantages that are really helpful to helping the client get you know connected to your mission your message your products and your services and so it's it's one yeah, of those things definitely uh have a list of, of plan b plan c like what happens yeah. if this happens i'm gonna do this and this that's mm -hmm. a great idea yeah. in my personal um experience doing this is my 20 first, I think, show within just the Friday lives um, segments. And I also run Q&As with Restream team and several other, you know, co-marketing shows that we sometimes do on our channels. Uh -huh. So for me, I've seen pretty much everything happen, like <laughs> almost everything, almost every piece of yeah. hardware and software fail, almost every single problem that guests yeah. would come up with. And for me, it's like, once that happens to you, you just know okay, so this could be a problem. And for the next time, yeah. you just so plan for that. Yeah. Like, okay, so like now I have to have a backup guest. Now I have to also do this. Yeah. Now I have to have a second mic. Yeah, so you learn by, you know, experience a lot of the times and making contingencies for some of those things is going to be key. And preparing the client on the other side of that, hey, this is why we use this as opposed to this, because these things can happen and we want to prevent those things. So this is what we'll use instead. So just knowing where things can go wrong and be and prepare preparing the client as well. Yeah, absolutely. Dell here says make contingencies to allow for that. Yeah, that's exactly what we were talking about. Yes. That's exactly right. Uh, this is a funny one. Also for the follow-up question for the first one. What if you have a live stream scheduled and let's say your flight got delayed and you can't attend? That is a good one. Whether you're a guest or a host, some kind of unforeseen circumstances happened and there's like absolutely no way in the world you can be there. What do you do? For clients, so like we have a contingency for that. So if they, they all have a specific broadcast time and schedule. So if they have a show, it'll be like Mondays at seven. It's always Mondays at seven. And so um, if they're not able to make it, they're able to reschedule within their billing period. So it's, it's a subscription-based service that we offer and they get a certain amount of shows a month. And within that time, if they're not able to make the show for whatever reason, then we do allow for a reschedule within their billing period but they don't roll over. So that's kind of how we've worked it. But as it pertains to other people's shows, our clients have guests who maybe aren't able to make it. And so they use the, the reschedule option. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, that if, makes you if you can't make it, you can't make it. There's no, you know, we have tried jumping in on different devices that we know are a little bit more high risk, like a phone and things like that. And it works sometimes, but it's sometimes obviously the more stable option is going to be from a desktop or laptop computer. But we, we try to make as many contingencies as we can and allowances for the unknown. I love the idea. Actually, this is a good and slightly controversial question. And it's mainly literally like my personal experience. Yeah. So what if your guest is saying, okay, option one, I'm joining from my phone because mm -hmm. whatever life happened, I couldn't, mm -hmm. I couldn't be where I was supposed mm -hmm. to be. I, I got your checklist. I know what I needed to do, mm -hmm. but that, that's, I'm not there. Mm -hmm. um, I can either join from your, my phone 
and rely on LTE network and the yeah. quality of my sound and video, mm-hmm. or I can reschedule. And let's say it's mm-hmm. last minute-ish because usually those things are. Yeah. Do Would you say, let's just go with the phone and hope for the best, or let's reschedule and do the right thing in terms of technology? That's a good question. And it really just depends on a few things, right? One, like a lot of times if the host is already on the show and they're like trying to find their guests and the guest is whatever, like they're having issues, we're in, unable to walk them through, we'll tell them, to try it on their phone. So if we, if they show up on the phone, cause it, again, that depends on like internet access and Wi-Fi. how many people are in the Wi-Fi connection. Are you at a hotel or are you at home? Or are you like, depending on where you are, you might actually get uh, the kind of connection that you need to be able to go live from a phone. So we have gone live with clients from a phone. Uh, it's obviously not recommended. It's not something that will tell the client to do, but as a last resort, sometimes it'll work. So it just depends on their particular connection. So I'll try it first. If it doesn't work, then we'll reschedule. That's the process for that. Awesome. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I also go for, let's give it a try. And worst case scenario, one thing that I find very empowering is that these days people are used to live streaming already and they have that concept that things are not going to be perfect. Yeah. It's not, it's not your yeah. uh, NBC or whatever Fox news yeah. type thing mm-hmm. where everything is super pre-recorded. Like it's, it's live. So yeah, yeah. things happen. And sometimes yeah. people are so forgiving that yeah. you know, things didn't go wrong. Yeah, like, this is your brand. So if it doesn't show up looking right, yeah. <laughs> then I definitely will ask them to reschedule for their own sake. You know what I mean? Because I don't want them to showing up looking crazy on live stream just because we tried, we were just doing the best that we could. Obviously, when where you can do better, good, better, best, never let it rest till the good is better and the better is best. And I guess... The second follow-up from, from Pro Web Labs, I, I think they want to understand like how exactly do you like technically get the substitute for, for host of the show if for whatever reason you cannot show up. They are basically asking, okay, if I have a team uh, that I found, but I cannot find like a good software that allows people to go live for me instead without giving the passwords. So I can say on restream side of things, um, you do you will have to share your password if you want, if you already schedule an event and you want to go from that same account. So this is what I do for my contingency plan. If I if something happens to me, I have a couple of team members that I trust who have my password. And in case of the, if the worst thing happens, they can just take over for me. So this is how we handle that. Kimberly, do you have another another approach? Like how do you guys get like the last minute substitute without sharing password if that's even possible? Yeah, without sharing passwords, it it definitely is going to be a challenge. But if, if it's last minute, obviously, they can make you an admin on their platforms and things like that. And so we kind of do we usually go that route is like, they'll make us an admin and we're able to and they send we actually send a broadcast link to the client. So they're able to just send a link and that person will jump on from the link. So there's no password for the guest or anything like that necessary on our end. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, got you. That's good stuff. Yeah. So let's get back to my question about coronavirus. So once that happened, of course, a lot of the whole world from our perspective woke up realizing that we are all live content creators at this point. If we want to stay relevant, we have to turn virtual. And uh, that affected us big time. Of course, we had a huge surge in people uh, understanding that all restream could be a solution for them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Most video company software and hardware experienced a lot of surge. How did that affect remote producer? How did you guys see things change once the pandemic hit? I think for uh, the pandemic really opened up, like you said, a lot of eyes as to, man, I really have to reroute how I'm getting customers right now. For people that are used to doing face-to-face meetings or used to, you know, interacting with the customer offline, they're 
a lot of them had to realize this is the new normal <laughs> and this is not like a situation because after everybody started going live and going online, we're realizing like this is a more convenient way to do this in general. This is a, a more cost effective way to do this in general conferences. We do virtual events and we also do online TV shows. So within that process, people are saving a lot of money and still maybe having the same level of effect that they're looking to create or meeting some of those business objectives online. So for us, it was a major surge and it was really uh, came down to us helping the client understand that live stream can help you meet your company objectives and move you further faster in the industry that you're wanting to serve in. So for us, it was a definite surge. Absolutely. Yeah, that makes sense. So when clients come to you, what are the main pain points that are they are trying to resolve by bringing in a remote producer into their live streaming strategy? That's a good question. So obviously, you know, what the main pain point is like, Kimberly, I am an entrepreneur. I'm a business owner. I am good at this thing, whatever that thing is. You're a speaker, you're a coach, you're an author, you're a trainer, you're a real estate agent, whatever. Like you have your particular area of expertise. And a lot of our clients want to stay there, right? They want to be good at that. And they want to have somebody come alongside them and partner with them to take care of this little piece. Like they know they need to be live. They know they need to be doing videos. They know they need to be helping connecting with their clients digitally, but they don't know how to do that. And they're really not looking to sit there and master a new skill. And so they rely on us to be able to help them up level the quality of their video production and at the same time help them to connect with their audience uh, on social media so that's the big pain point like they know they need to be doing this but they really don't have the time to do it they really don't have the willingness to master a whole new technology just to get this little piece done does that make sense yeah yeah absolutely yeah, yeah that's that's great stuff i'm just going to Acknowledge a couple of people in the chat here. Yeah. Um, there is one Restream kind of specific question. So I'll just briefly touch on that. Is Restream planning on having a way for streamers to see what platforms um, are the best for them to stream on, like data that would show which platforms is the best for them? So we do have our analytics. So once you start streaming, yeah. the best way to find out is, of course, trial and error. So you, there is no software in the world that will tell you predict for the future if you're going to be successful on a platform or not if you never stream there yeah um, at least if someone is trying to sell you that i would be very skeptical yeah <laughs> that kind of solutions <clears throat> excuse me oh here comes the little cough here and there but we do have analytics that allow you to see where which platforms perform the best for you yeah. at what point you have really the best number of viewership and all this stuff so definitely what i would recommend is go live for about a month on all platforms at the same time use restream for that mm -hmm. be aware of your analytics look at your numbers see where you have the most traction and if you see that some platforms get a lot of viewers versus others it doesn't mean that other platforms are not right for you maybe they just need more love or like extra promotion or something special that you would want to do for that community so definitely we have the tools to allow you to monitor that in terms of predicting future well that is something interesting. We'll, we'll think into, into that. I guess with more data that we have on streams, uh, we might be able to eventually offer something like that. But as of today, it's your trial and error with some analytics. Del here says, <clears throat> it's best to breathe too. Not talk too much is good. That air is not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, good point. I, I think some shows are more dynamic than others. Um, I think 
a lot of times, of course, hosts and performers are trying to like hypercast and like, be extremely positive and like super high pitch and like super happy. <laughs> but I, I, I hear your point. Yeah, sometimes like just taking it slow, taking it easy is a way to go. I, and the, one I, of the cool things about, let me just add to that. One of the cool things about live stream is that video right now is the best way to not just tell people how amazing you are and to broadcast that way, but video is the number one tool for you to use to be able to demonstrate your ability to do anything. So it's a more of a show and tell kind of game with video. You're able to show people examples, show people the value of what it is that you do without ever having to say a word, right? People are able to pick up on that value based on you know, what it is that you're showcasing. Kind of a nice transition from that. Um, my next question to you uh, would be how often clients uh, who come to Remote Producer ask you to be a host of a live show versus just producing it for them. So basically be that ghost producer that nobody, like behind the scenes, like that nobody sees versus yeah. uh, when they have their own speakers and their own on-camera personalities versus when they say, hey, Kimberly, I want you to drive it. I want you to moderate this conversation. What is the ratio more or less? Ah, that's like a very good question. Um, actually, like we have quite a few people. I have not actually dived, dove into that area. Like I haven't done that for people just yet. You know what I mean? But I do get a lot of requests, ironically, like people are like, hey, because we have people that like answer the phones and things like that, but they're asked for me specifically to like, they want me to be the host of their show. So it's, that's an interesting request. It's not one that I've actually started to do for people like to actually be the host of their own, moderate their own platforms. You never know what the future holds. So. That is, that is true. Yeah. I think it's interesting because for people who are considering to become remote producers and who see the opportunity in that area, who are yeah. knowledgeable about live streaming, I think it could be one of the things that holds them back because they think, mm. oh my gosh, they're going to ask me to host. I'm not yeah. good on camera. My yeah. hair doesn't look good. I yeah. sound weird. I have an accent, like all those things. Like yeah. that, I would suggest you don't have to be the spokesperson of your business. I think that's important to be able to, to make that distinction here because a lot of people, like you said, it is, it does become like a barrier for them moving forward with live stream because they don't want to be in front of the camera, but understanding that, yeah, you can get anybody to be the face of the company as it pertains to holding the conversation and making videos. You may even have a, a series of people who are giving your content live, but you don't have to be the face of the company. You are the company is the company and you can have multiple representatives to be the face of that thing when depending on whatever it is that you're doing at the time. Exactly. There's, flexibility. And if, There's definitely flexibility. Yeah. And, and it's also a little bit of A-B testing there. If you see a yeah. lot of requests, if people are coming to you and all of them want the host, mm -hmm. then you can hire a professionally trained host uh, yeah. to join your team, right? Yeah. If most of people com coming in saying, hey, I would like for you to produce, to control my overlays, to make the the streams look professionally, but I don't necessarily need anyone else on camera, yeah. then that's a good data point for you to know that that's not necessarily. And that's what we offer. We offer, hey, we will produce your online TV show. So they have their own, whoever they want to be the host, that's either the CEO of the company, it can be you know, a representative of the company, it can be whomever they decide. We take care of the aesthetic behind what your show is going to look like from broadcast graphics to transitions. You have a live in-ear producer, like just like TV telling you, Hey, we're transitioning here in a couple of seconds to commercial. We're moving over here to the next segment. We're bringing in guest number two in such amount of seconds. Like it's just like TV in that regard. And that's like how we're able to help our clients keep, make sure that they stay on task with the content that they really want to deliver that day in the time that they want, that they have for their episode.
Yeah, absolutely. So speaking of this is a good, this is a good also like a um, nice transition to the question that I had. Okay. So what do you think is more important for this role of, of a remote producer? Is it to know your tech and be able to drive the streams from technology perspective? Or mm -hmm. do you have to be a good marketer and understand how branding works, how brand building, how marketing and just in general PR stuff, stuff works out in order to advise the clients to, to make the most of those live streams? Yeah, so for a company or an agency like ours, we have multiple parts in place covering those specific things. So obviously the client comes to us with this idea that, hey, I really want to do my show and I want it to do this, da, da, da. But it's our job to dig a little bit deeper. We have what's called a broadcast strategy session with the client before we ever get started creating what we're creating for them so that we can get better insight to not just what it is that they want to create, but how they want to use that thing as it relates to their business objectives. So a lot of the people that we work with are business owners who are looking to create something that will help them move further faster in their overall objective, whatever that is. So we talk through that for a lot of people, we actually help establish some of those strategies that maybe they weren't thinking about. So I think it's very important to understand that your client has an objective behind showing up on, on a live video. Most people aren't doing this for a hobby. They're doing it to connect with a certain type of person or a type of client. And I think it's important for you to know that. So, because when you know that, then you're able to speak to those things and you're able to better create something that's an accurate reflection of what it is they want to put out there and what it is the value that they want to receive back as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. great stuff. Uh, ben here from YouTube says, that reminds me, I have to fix all my overlay. <laughs> that is so, like, if you're producing shows, if you're running your live streams, whether it's in Restream Studio or anything else, like, this, is, this hits home. Yeah. <laughs> You got to fix it, organize that stuff yeah. all the time. It's always getting delayed, but you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a good investment. And here's Charles from um, YouTube as well. He's asking, what pitch do you give to new clients to try Remote Producer Live? That's a great question about how do you connect with new customers? How do you find those, those remote producer clients uh, starting those relationships? Like I said, I think video is the best place to not just tell people what you do, but to really to demonstrate the value of what you do. So for us, along with running like social media ads, we run those things to our website, remoteproducerlive.com, where we can show examples and demonstrations of what other broadcasts look like. And that gives you a better idea of what your broadcast will look like when you work with us. So it gives you an, a more accurate expectation about what it's going to be like to work with us. And then of course we have people that you can talk to on the phone and who can better explain processes and things like that for you. So we're ever kind of um, evolving in that regard as it pertains to the videos and the advertisements that we're doing to help people get an accurate reflection of what is this actually going to be like to jump on a live stream like this? Like, what do they take care of? There's a lot of questions that go into the process of what it, what is remote producer live really all about and how can it help me uh, get to where I'm going faster? And so we try to cover all of those things. Yeah, great stuff. And there's a follow-up from Charles, which I think is really interesting too. Do you guys charge per broadcast or do you have some kind of a packages or monthly subscriptions? Um, how do you guys typically organize those relationships financially? Yeah, so it's definitely a subscription-based service, right? We They pay a monthly fee and they're able to get access to our production crew a certain amount of times a month. So the, whether that's two times a month, uh, weekly, maybe some people have customized options where they want to go three times a week, they want to go every day. And depending on whatever their need is, then that's kind of like how it works. But it is a monthly subscription. 
Awesome. Awesome. That makes a lot of sense. That's great. On that note, I was curious to know if there is any specific example of a very de demanding remote production request or project that you uh, had to deal with in the past five years, like something that really blew your mind. Uh, and I don't want to give like any specific examples, but if you want to go crazy, like someone wanting a broadcast from the moon, something that really sounded like, wow, this is going to be a challenge. Yeah, I think every broadcast has its own unique, specific elements where we're constantly learning ourselves about like how we can make something better, how we can continue to like be more creative for our clients uh, in that regard. So we're constantly like, as we listen to the client within these broadcast sessions, we are constantly inspired to move just a little bit further and to do just a little bit more uh, to see like how we can elevate that process. But as far as blew my mind, like I said, I feel like I'm learning every day. So everything is always different. We have all kinds of different shows from game shows to just interview shows, but we have a, a lot of different types. We have cooking shows, like we have a lot of different things. So it constantly keeps us busy in regards to that. But as it pertains to, you know, challenges, I think the more challenging something becomes is really within like how much content is needed within each broadcast. So when you have uh, broadcasts that really have a lot of B-roll in them, they have a lot of uh, videos that they're cutting to commercials, they have lots of lower thirds, like it can get a little bit complicated for us to be able to make sure that our producers and our trainers are, you know, on time with that because it is live. So as they're making, as they're talking about something, things are popping up. And as they're moving within that, their run sheet, it can be a lot for a producer, but we try to train, uh, do a really good job in training people on how to not multitask, but just <laughs> stay with the run sheet. But I think yeah. complications are really more about content, like how much content and how fast you're moving during, an, during a broadcast. I feel that's part what gets complicated with it, but yeah. it's, awesome. it's kind of part of the business. So we're used to it. Yeah, absolutely. For those who's just, for new people joining us right now, I'm going to reintroduce you real quick here. My yeah. guest today is Kimberly Flowers. She is the CEO of Remote Live Producer. She is a producer of um, TV shows. Uh, she does that remotely. She's also a host, social media influencer, and motivational speaker. We are talking about how to become a live producer and how to offer your services to others if you are knowledgeable about running live streams and, and doing live videos, how you can monetize that skill. Uh, there is a good one from Charles. Charles is on the roll today. I love <laughs> he it. Is asking, he is asking another one. Like, how do you measure a successful live broadcast? That's a great question. For, that is a great question. For and people who are coming to your clients, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we measure a broadcast success of a broadcast based on what two things, obviously, like this is the obvious visual side of things did run things run smoothly. Were we able to get the message out in the way that the client expected? That's one measurement. But obviously the second measurement is what was the, the client's overall objectives in the first place. So when we talk about broadcast strategy, I think this strategy piece isn't talked about enough and it's not discussed enough because for us, the success, we realize that the success of the broadcast based on the client's expectations are going to be like, what were they trying to achieve with the broadcast? And were they able to achieve those things? We get, like I said, insight in the broadcast strategy session about what it is that they are actually trying to do with this broadcast and based on where they successful. And that's how we measure our success. Our success is really tied up in the, the success of the client. 
Awesome. Yeah, that makes sense. So when it comes to those requests, do people primarily focus on brand awareness? We want people to learn about what we do versus conversions, sales. We want people to land on this page, click on this link, buy this service or product. What do you see being the most common um, thing that's expected uh, by the customers? And I think a lot of people come in knowing that they need to do broadcast and they need to connect and they need to, but most of them don't have a clear roadmap as to how they're using this to further the business objective. They just, most people know that they're supposed to be doing video. They know they're supposed to be going live, but most of them don't really know how that is supposed to work, how it's supposed to convert. We have what's called our video conversion formula, which really helps people to understand what, what are the measurable uh, points of conversion where I can be able to say, Hey, if I, if my broadcast inspired people to do this, it's working for me. If it inspired them to do this, then it's working for me. If it did not inspire them to do these things, then we know we need to go back and, you know, rework something. We come in listening at the beginning and most of them are just like, Hey, I'm having this event or, Hey, I really want to start this show for brand awareness, but we try to infuse like helping them to focus on the overall objective because we know that they came to us, although they want to show they, if they're a business owner, they're trying to push the business further. So we help them to understand, Hey, if these are your objectives, this is the measurable points of conversion that help you to measure that success. Yeah, it's good to know what you want, because if you focus on everything at the same time, you won't really get results anywhere. And if you just laser focus on one thing, saying brand awareness or conversions, landing people on my page, that is going to be a lot more, it's going to be easier to achieve because then everything you do is coming down to that one objective. So that's that's a really good good way to look at that. It's really important to have a a focus when it comes to, and again, I feel that's part of my skill is to be able to help people not only like put the pieces together. So a lot of people will come to us with this fragmented ideas and it's a good idea and it's a great idea. And it's something that they really know will, you know, work together, but they don't have the the pieces like, okay, how are we moving them from this place to this place? Like understanding customer sequences and conversion, things like that are important for the client to understand. What is it? We ask them and during their broadcast strategy session, what is the number one thing that you want to be known for? What is the number one thing that you want the audience to do after watching your broadcast? What should they be inspired to do? These are questions that a lot of them have not thought about before they come to us. But when they do, they they come expecting it for us to push a few buttons and do a few overlays and make the thing look good. But we really try to go above and beyond by helping them to understand that, helping them to put together a true strategy for growth. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. That's the, those are all great questions that everyone should ask when, even if you're writing live streams for yourself and not yeah. necessarily for clients, like, what is that one thing that you want to achieve? That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to gear and equipment and software and all that good mm-hmm. stuff that people mm-hmm. are just terrified when they think about, I'm going to start live streaming, but I have to basically build myself up an NBC level studio. Yeah. Like I can't even imagine what is the true kind of like minimum slash essential investment for someone to become a remote producer in terms of software and hardware? Mm, That's a good question. So remote producer live, becoming a remote producer in general has levels, right? So there's some of you that are just starting out and you just want to do maybe uh, a, a more simplistic type of broadcast. And then some of you want to go like really advanced and obviously the technology and the equipment are going to be based on what it is that you're trying to achieve. Obviously there's 
I, I always say good, better, best, never let it rest till the good is better and the better is best. But when it, you have good, and that's how I measure things, like how do we take something from good to great? What does that look like? So getting to good has this level of investment, <laughs> you know, better has this level of investment. And then obviously the top of the line is a little bit more expensive as it pertains to equipment. So I'm not gonna lie to you, like we've had to truly invest in our equipment because we're not just creating broadcasts for ourselves, like to do like a home-based studio show, we're actually doing it for other people all over the world. And so that requires some additional pieces that we'll talk about uh, in the, our next series. As you guys continue to stay tuned, um, we'll talk about those things and those equipment and what does it really take to get my system set up to be able to not just serve myself, but also to serve you know my clients. Awesome. Awesome. I guess the reveal party is now. I was saving it for the end of the show, but reveal it immediately <laughs> since we already got there. Okay. Um, so one of the big things that we're going to announce um, this upcoming week is that Kimberly is going to join a restream team of Yay! host guests. Yes. So there will be a special show by Remote, Remote Producer, Producer Live. Live. We're going to keep the name. So, you know, no one gets confused. It's going to be called Remote Producer Live and Kimberly will be hosting it on all restream channels and dive into deep details of all the things that we covered here, including that essential gear, that uh, basic, better and best. We're going to talk, she's going to talk about how to find clients, how to prepare clients for the show, uh, what kind of challenges and hardships she experienced that she would like you know, to warn you when it comes to producing online remotely for international clients and all that great stuff. So it's going to be a great show. It's going to run starting next week. And oh my God, I'm so excited. Yeah. So don't miss that. And definitely uh, be sure to tune in. I believe this is going to be every Tuesday. Yes. And we will definitely send you emails about uh, how to set reminders and how to catch uh, Kimberly on restream shows. That is so exciting. Absolutely. So I think one of the things that I was uh, curious about in relation to what you were talking about in terms of you can start small, you can get better, you can mm -hmm. get bigger, you can invest more in cameras and lights and stuff. How do you approach the conversation with your clients when it comes to explaining that there are different levels of production, because a lot of people think, oh, I just want to start live streaming. Mm -hmm. But there is a Zoom level of live streaming mm -hmm. when you just take a Zoom uh, software and mm -hmm. like stream Zoom. And there is an almost professional TV studio level um, yeah. when you have multiple cameras and amazing sound and you mm -hmm. have great graphics and animated overlays and yeah. things like that. How yeah. do you approach this conversation in terms of what to expect, what is actually what you actually need? Because the most sophisticated broadcast doesn't always need mean the best broadcast, mm -hmm. right? Like how do you take that that conversation? People ask me all the time, Kimberly, what is the best camera to use for live stream? And I always tell people the best camera is the one that you have, right? You need to start where you are and grow from there. And we definitely do have a list of equipment recommendations. So we have like basic uh, fundamental things that you're going to need as well as advanced recommendations. And so from the starting point, like we don't use, we don't require them to go out and buy like some super expensive stuff. If you're just starting out. And one of the cool things is that we actually use green screen. We have green screen capability so we can key you live. So if you're working with a tiny little space, you're able to, we can turn that thing into a full on broadcast CNN style studio with just using a little Logitech camera, $60 webcam and a green screen behind you and some lights, uh, super cheap setup starting out. It can get you like high level results with the company that that's, it was important for me to be able to find out what is the cheapest stuff that I can get and 
to create the highest level of value. Whether you're coming in just starting out and you really don't have a huge budget, maybe you spent the budget for the subscription and you don't have a huge budget to start getting equipment and things like that. You don't, there, it doesn't take much for you to get a high level broadcast going because of we've thought of those things ahead of time for you. Yeah, that's amazing. I think I'm going to share my story as well with that in that context because it is so easy to forget how you can improve and upgrade your setup gradually. Yes. Because a lot of people have this idea that until I have everything set up yes. and everything is top notch, yeah. I'm not going to do that. But yeah. the, the the fact, the reality is that first of all, you need to test the water. So you need to understand mm -hmm. that this is for you. If mm -hmm. this is bringing the result, if you have traction with your live mm -hmm. show mm -hmm. and starting with a good microphone that makes yeah. you sound crisp and clear yeah. so yeah. you can repurpose it. Mm -hmm. And just the basic web camera is a great start. And yeah, then as you is. grow, as you grow, you, you uh -huh. add lights, you add better cameras, you, you add all kinds of cool things and software and subscriptions. You hire more people to help you. But this doesn't have to be your first step. Your first and, step is to test it. Yeah, absolutely. And just understanding that also, like when it comes to technology is ever changing, whatever it is that I recommend to you today could be outdated by tomorrow. But understanding the technique for creating amazing videos is really what's going to move you further faster with video. And so that's what we're going to focus in on, even with the new series that we're doing is really helping people to understand the difference between understanding the technology and really understanding the technique for creating things. So like understanding composition, understanding how to use light to really turn your, you know, $30 webcam into something that looks like a DSLR camera. So yeah. th these are little tricks and nuances that really help you to uh, use what you have on a budget and really be able to, you know, make that thing look high level, attractive to your audience and just eye catching. Yeah. Platforms like Restream that really help you go move further faster within that process. And we'll show you some of those uh, tricks as well. So you guys stay tuned. Yeah, absolutely. This is very exciting. Yeah, like yeah. Restream is a great example that for very low um, entry barrier, right? Yep. Like you don't yep. have to be professional mm -hmm. at all to get started and right. you can run your streams yourself or mm -hmm. you can just become very proficient in Restream Studio and then yep. come to people who are not yet there and say, hey, mm -hmm. I can, I know how Restream Studio works. Yeah. Here are the things that I can do. I can play yep. pre-rolls, I can do overlays, mm -hmm. I can I can brand your stream, and I, I can, can invite guests yeah. and I can do this for you. And that's a great, that's a great opportunity to begin. Kimberly is so happy and so thrilled about our upcoming plans. I'm so happy that mm -hmm. you joined us today. This is exactly uh, this is exactly what, what I was really hoping to, to get out of this. <laughs> yeah, a little reveal party, a little like sneak peek into what you will be um, talking and uh, teaching and showing people how to accomplish. For those people who want to connect with Kimberly, you can find her on remoteproducerlive.com and you can also find her on facebook.com slash broadcastpreneur. Before yeah. we go, I really want you to unpack that, that word. Like we started talking about this before we hit the go live button and you mentioned that you came up with this word. I, I love it. I think yes. it's brilliant. What does, what does it mean to be a broadcastpreneur? I think when I started out entrepreneur, like being an entrepreneur, it really, for me, it was about like helping people to understand that there's different ways to do business and broadcast is an amazingly powerful tool to really help you get clients. And for me, I knew that the success of what I was going to achieve in this life had to do with staying in front of a camera and connecting with people that way. And so that's where broadcastpreneur came from, because I realized I'm not the only person who uh, does just that. Like I'm looking at different. The cool thing about think about this, guys. 
is. Like any brand that you know of, that you're aware of, that you don't know the people, the CEOs personally, or you don't know the representatives of that company personally, the way that you found them was through some level of media, some level of broadcast video. Like video is a powerful tool because it, it reaches people before you actually physically get into a spot. Your video can reach them well before you ever meet them and people that you've never met and people that maybe you'll never meet. I serve people that I've never met in, perfect, in person. The broadcast has given me the ability to do, to do that. Castpreneur just kind of means like you're an entrepreneur but you get your clients through broadcast and that's your broadcastpreneur as well. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, I yeah. love that. And and the power of live video is interaction. Yeah. The power of live video is that you are authentic. You are being you with all yeah. your little moments, <clears throat> with all your imperfections, with all the things that might potentially go wrong. Yeah. And you have the ability to include your community in this conversation. And you can become that CEO of a brand or of a product that actually talks directly to customers, which yeah, is completely unprecedented. And this mm -hmm. is this is the power of life. life. I am going to just very briefly comment on something that Michael from Facebook says. He says, how can I do green screen with Restream? So Michael, within the studio space, uh, green screen feature is in progress. We don't have mm -hmm. it just yet, but we're mm -hmm. definitely working on it because we know that a lot of people want that. And just as Kimberly explained, this is a great opportunity to just turn your small, not necessarily studio perfect space into yes. a very workable environment for live yes. streaming. Mm -hmm. um, however, right now you can use a free software called OBS, Open Broadcast mm -hmm. Software, mm -hmm. and use that as, as a scene capturing. And they have a green screen uh, feature. feature in there. And mm -hmm. then you can connect that to Restream mm -hmm. to broadcast that to all social media channels at the same time, including multiple channels within the same platform, such as multiple Facebook groups, multiple pages, a couple of YouTube channels and all that good stuff. Yep. So this is how you have Yep, absolutely. Um, uh, Kimberly, thank you so much for being with us today. I love having conversations like this. Is I love to be able to nerd out with people that like actually get me and understand like, oh, yeah. thank you for having me. I'm excited about moving forward uh, to continue to have these conversations with you guys and answer all of your questions about how to connect with your clients and to build something that serves them um, in the capacity of broadcast. Thank you. It was such a pleasure for us. I am going to toggle you out for just a second. So we close this conversation. Thank you everybody for joining. A lot of great questions today, a lot of great comments. I absolutely love to hang out with you today. Uh, great conversation. So I guess the, the, the bottom line of everything we talked about is that you all can become remote producers. You all can become professionals offering your services to others who are understanding the power of live streaming, but not yet feel ready to just go there. You can come and gap that bridge for them, become that person who brings that opportunity into their businesses. And for that, we definitely recommend you to catch Kimberly's show that is going to air starting next week on Tuesdays. You guys were amazing today. Thank you so much. You're all awesome. I wish you a wonderful weekend. Enjoy. Enjoy. Enjoy this awesome fall weather wherever you are, whatever kind of weather you have. I'm sure it is uh, it is beautiful in its own way. So I wish you a wonderful weekend and stay tuned for our next Friday lives, which is going to happen obviously next Friday and for new shows that are coming to Restream channels next week that we're so proud of and we're going to be announcing on social and by email. Thanks again. Check us out at restream.io slash studio. Play with our tools. Send us your comments. Uh, let us know what you think, what, what else you would like to learn about. And yeah, and happy live streaming. Keep crushing it. Bye.